0: The U.S.-based Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, calls itself the largest and most influential gathering of conservatives in the world. Since its launch in 1974, the conference has hosted nearly every Republican president from Ronald Reagan. The truth is, conservative thought is no longer over here on the right. It's the mainstream now. To Donald Trump.
1: I've been with CPAC for a long time. All of these years, we've been together,
0: and now you finally have a president. Finally. Took you a long time. In recent years, CPAC has gone global. They've hosted events in several countries, including Japan and Australia. And last week, they held their first convening in Europe. We appreciate the invitation to be in Hungary. So why did an American Conference of Conservatives head to Budapest? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. There's no greater time for this CPAC movement of freedom and individual rights to flourish. And I look forward to that happening in the great country of Hungary. God bless you and thank you very much. And that's Matt Schlapp speaking at CPAC Hungary last week. He's CPAC's chairman. And lately, he's come under fire for hosting the gathering in Budapest. Here he is being interviewed last month by the infamous far-right political strategist Steve Bannon.
1: They're giving you nothing but grief. Why, what is the left and even some of the established Republicans,
0: what's the problem with CPAC having a Hungary event? They find it obnoxious that a group of people could love a nation and want the government of that nation to represent their values. The government he's talking about is Viktor orbans he He's been the prime minister of Hungary for the past 12 years. He's just been elected for a fourth consecutive term. And his time in office has been controversial. Prime Minister Viktor Orban recently labeled migration a threat to European civilization. Mr. Orban has described migrants as a poison. The EU has criticized Mr. Orban for eroding democracy, rule of law, and press freedom in his country. The prime minister and his party have steered the country in a frightening and extreme direction. So today, we're speaking with someone who spent years covering Hungary under Orban's tenure.
1: My name is Flora Garanverdi. I'm usually covering foreign affairs, and I worked in Hungary for almost a decade as a journalist.
0: Flora is now based in Los Angeles, where she's a freelance reporter. So she's seen both the American and Hungarian right firsthand. My understanding is that a certain group of Republicans or conservatives
1: see Hungary as a place where conservative ideas can thrive and also as one of these last islands of
0: free speech. How would you describe the relationship between the U.S. right and Hungary?
1: This relationship has been blossoming for the last couple of years. And it started in 2015 with the migrant crisis. Orban's immigration policies resonated with a lot of American conservatives. Orban's main slogan at the time was that they need to defend national sovereignty. And around this time, he started to have, let me put it this way, a better PR in America. How does that happen? Orban has a lot of lobbyists here in the U.S. They definitely did the work with like Fox News or... Arranging a meeting, it's a
0: great honor to have with us the Prime Minister of Hungary
1: with Donald, Donald Trump, Trump, Trump and the White House for Orbán.
0: Probably like me, a little bit
1: controversial, but that's okay. These that's meetings okay. were definitely important. And you've kept your country safe, mostly uh, on the Hungarian end, I think, but for hungry. both conservative
0: communities. Both of the U.S. presidents before Trump had declined to meet with Orbán, so this was a break with tradition. And as Flora mentioned, Orban's name was also being mentioned more often on Fox News and on one show in particular. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Of the nearly 200 different countries on the face of the earth, precisely one of them has an elected leader who publicly identifies as a Western-style conservative. His name is Viktor Orban. Fox News host Tucker Carlson brings up Hungary often on his show which is one of the most watched programs on the network and on cable news in the U.S. And Flora says his comments about the country sound pretty familiar.
1: It sounded exactly the same when a Hungarian government official talks about Hungary, for example, on Fox News, just without the accent.
0: And Fox News has had a number of interviews with Hungarian government officials, Tucker Carlson even interviewed Orban last year while spending a week hosting his show from Budapest. Why did you take a different position on on migration from other European countries? That was the only reasonable behavior. If somebody without getting any permission on behalf of the Hungarian state cross your border, you have to defend your country. When someone like Tucker Carlson talks about the quote-unquote lessons that should be learned from Hungary... As he has often. What does that mean?
1: I think Tucker is referring to Orban's immigration policies, first of all. In 2018, a law called Stop Soros law was implemented. Stop Soros, that's a series of laws that criminalize any individual or group who help
0: asylum seekers, including NGOs. Some people who help migrants could end up in jail. The Soros they're trying to stop would be George Soros, the Hungarian-American billionaire philanthropist. He's been a vocal critic of war bonds. Flora says he's been a sort of boogeyman for the prime minister. The open borders Soros supports are everything Orban stands against. So remind us what the atmosphere around immigration, what the conversations around immigration were like back then.
1: On the government and It was uh, mainly about defending national sovereignty, defending Hungary. It's definitely worth to look up government billboards from that time.
0: A billboard war in Hungary has sparked international concern. Billboards warning migrants to obey Hungarian laws and not take Hungarian jobs have been going up around the country as part of a government initiative.
1: And I think that shows how the government treated migrants
0: and also how they spoke about them. Soros was a mainstay on the billboards as well. And Tucker Carlson took note. Soros figures prominently into a special on Hungary that the Fox News host released earlier this year.
1: Watch as Tucker exposes the less
0: globalist ideals and the fight for civilization. Hungary vs. Soros, streaming now.
1: He painted a picture of a rightist utopia that has conquered illegal immigration because of its impenetrable border
0: fence. But Flora says the comparisons go beyond immigration.
1: I would also mention the Hungarian government, how they treated the LGBTQ community. The Hungarian parliament has passed a law. The law bans portrayals of homosexuality or gender change in school educational materials or TV shows for under-18s. The
0: right-wing government of Prime Minister Viktor Orban says the law, similar to one enforced in Russia, protects children from gay propaganda.
1: There is an interesting parallel between what's going on in Florida right now and those laws in Hungary.
0: A controversial new law went into effect in Florida this week. It forbids instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity for kindergarten through third grade. It's called the Parental Rights in Education Bill. Critics call it the Don't Say Gay Bill. So it's against this backdrop that CPAC hosted their event in Hungary last week. Speakers gathered under a banner that read God, Homeland, Family, in both Hungarian and English. And some of those speakers were a surprise to Flora.
1: Some speakers were not listed until the last days, like Jack Posobiec, who is most known for promoting the Pizzagate conspiracy theory.
0: That's a debunked far-right conspiracy that says officials from the U.S. Democratic Party were involved in a child sex ring run out of a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. Another speaker was a
1: Hungarian pro-Orban pundit, Sjöld Bayer. His presence was a bit unusual to me because he had some racist and anti-Semitic comments in the past years. Not even some, a lot of
0: these comments. And when Flora says comments, she means pretty explicit racial epithets, Like, he used the phrase stinking excrement to refer generically to Jews in England. And these Roma are animals and they behave like animals. There were some short video messages too from Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump. But the place of honor, the keynote speech, was given by Orban. It was a 12-point action plan,
1: basically a road to power, where he stressed the importance of having faith and the importance of countering LGBTQ propaganda. But I think the most important point he made, or the most interesting one, was on having your own media. He said that it's the only way to point out the insanity of the progressive left. And he praised Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News. He said programs like his should be broadcasted day and night, or as you say,
0: 24-7.
1: He was trying to make a point here of how important it is to repeat these messages that these conservative politicians want to deliver to their voters.
0: The importance of the media was a real sticking point in Hungary's latest election, held in April. The majority of
1: Hungarians knew that Orban is going to win because he has and his party has effective control over most media outlets in Hungary. So their message comes through every time. When they want to say something to Hungarian people or voters, they are going to deliver it. There is a massive overlap between state resources and ruling party resources. So Hungary had free elections, but I think the question is if it was fair in these circumstances. Just to give you an example, Orbán's National Day Address, it was a 30-minute speech. It was replayed on M1, this is the public channel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: nine times in a 24-hour
0: period. Wow. To make sure no one misses it. Yes, they made sure. And the
1: opposition leader Peter Marquisay received only five minutes of airtime on all state broadcast media
0: in the past four years. And as he's talking, you can see a little banner on the screen counting down his time to speak. So CPAC was originally meant to be held in March of this year, before Hungary's election, but it was moved back a couple of months because of the war in Ukraine. You were in Hungary to cover the election in April. What was the atmosphere like?
1: I just arrived the day before the war started. So that was a very interesting time as a journalist because the Ukrainian war upended the whole election campaign in Hungary. Until that time, the whole campaign was about, you know, bashing the opposition or talking about LGBT issues or ideological issues mainly. And when the war started, the Hungarian government's position was They are the ones who can protect Hungarians. And they said that the opposition is on the side of the war, basically, that they want to help Ukraine with military means. And they framed it as a huge mistake, which would involve Hungary in this bloody war.
0: Flora says she heard that narrative throughout her reporting on the election.
1: I know this is a rule that journalists shouldn't mention, cab drivers. But (laughs) one of the most interesting uh, conversations I had was with a cab driver. After the war started, he never voted for Orbán. But this time, because he thinks that Hungary shouldn't be involved in the war, he's going to vote for him. And this happened in Budapest, which is the capital of Hungary. And Budapest is mainly liberal. So, their voters, especially young people, are mainly voting for the opposition. And this cab driver was around 27. So, that was an interesting conversation for me.
0: And Flora heard similar things from people around Hungary, outside of Budapest.
1: They mostly repeated the lines that they heard on state TV that Orban is the only one who can defend Hungary. And the opposition is going to drag Hungary into this war.
0: She also heard people say that the wide opposition coalition formed to unseat Orban didn't have much on offer.
1: Their only promise was that it's going to be not Orban or different from Orban. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't really deliver a message to voters what they would like to do in the next 40 years.
0: So, Flora, this international conference is taking place in Hungary as Hungary is finding itself more isolated than ever from the EU, even though it's a member state. So how is the EU reacting to a fourth term from Orban?
1: So the European Union started a new procedure against Hungary recently to freeze funding for Orban because he is undercutting liberal, democratic rights. The EU criticism against Hungary because of Orban's actions has been an ongoing thing for years now.
0: — And Orban himself has embraced the distinction from Western European countries. He even used a specific phrase in a speech back in 2014 to explain his philosophical differences.
1: So Orban referred to Hungary as an illiberal democracy to clearly mark himself from Western-type democracies. He mainly talks about preserving conservative and Christian values, mainly. And I think that is the narrative that he uses when he is undermining, for example, LGBTQ rights. He frames it in a way that it is for protecting families, for protecting children, for protecting Christian values in Hungary.
0: At CPAC last week, Orban ended his keynote address by looking towards the elections in 2024, those in the U.S. and those for the European Parliament. We must take up the fight, and in this fight we can only succeed if we are together and organized. We must take back the institutions in Washington and Brussels. We must find friends and allies in one another. We must coordinate the movement of our troops, because we face a great challenge. And Flora says being together and organized is mutually beneficial for the right, both in the U.S. and in Hungary. At the moment, the
1: relationship between the US conservatives and Hungarian conservatives is blossoming. It seems like it became a model that many in this conservative community think would be beneficial for America to follow. And this is very much encouraged by the Hungarian government, because for them, America taking notes is a huge plus. And this is something that they can also advertise amongst their voters, meaning that, hey, even America is paying attention, because what we're doing is right.
0: And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Nagin Oliay, with Ruby Zaman, Alexandra Locke, Amy Walters, Ney Alvarez, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer, and Aya al and Adam Abu Ghad are our engagement producers. We'll be back on Friday.